everybody, welcome back to the Tribe of Nerds, as we get back into more Shaolin Showdown after taking a week off, uh, we're through the halfway point, so let's get into the second half of the show, um, so episodes 29 through 32, episode 29, I think Screams of the Siren is what it's called, and this is the Mermaid episode, impressions for you guys, I, I feel like it was a little weird, there were things that didn't, that felt out of place, I mean, we'll talk about particularly some of the characters, like, uh, Clofang, we'll talk about him, but, I mean, it's, it felt, that in particular felt out of place with, like, their, uh, with a mermaid, it just was like, okay, this is maybe a bit too weird, but I, there's still some great lines and great banter in this episode, so. You know, in hindsight, it's super obvious that the mermaid was being set up to be the bad guy. Mm Mm-hmm. But at first, like, I totally thought Clofang was a villain. But then he got revealed as, um, like, not the villain. And, mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, that was so obvious. I don't know how I missed it. <laughs> um, it was all right. I mean, the the whole siren thing, I, I don't know why they're doing, like, a Greek mythology thing now. Yeah. It just feels a little out of place for the show. And, yeah. And, like, they're just throwing in ideas because they need filler arc before Chase Young. But whatever. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Kearney, your, your thoughts on this episode? Uh, I really liked it. This is one of the ones I have nostalgia for because I saw it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It didn't like advance the plot or anything, but I thought it was a pretty tight episode of the show overall. And I feel like there haven't been enough of those recently for me personally. That's fair. I, um... Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I did like this episode when I was younger more than I did now, but I, I still absolutely... We'll talk about the funnies later, but um, l- let's get into these characters. So we have Dyrus the Siren, and I mean, yeah, it was pretty obvious uh, in retrospect that she is uh, evil, but um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like, yeah, Greek mythology was a little weird to put in here, because obviously, you know, the whole... Like, uh, with sirens, it's basically, there's these, like, creatures that are, like, extremely ugly, but they have the power to, like, lure in men and kill them. So, I mean, that's, it's an interesting, um, it's interesting to just throw Greek mythology into this, like JJ said, so. I feel like sirens at this point transcend Greek mythology now, and they're just kind of accepted as, like, a monster. Like, if, if someone that's brought fair. in... Like, the Hydra, you wouldn't be like, oh, fucking Greek mythology strikes again. That's fair. Maybe you would, actually. That one's pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> bad example. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Um, and, and it wasn't, like, truly, like, the the Greek version of the Siren. Right. So, that's fair. Um, she was, like, super basic. Mm-hmm. I, I get that that's the character, but wow. <laughs> Like the, the the human persona or like the horrifying monsters? I'm no, no, the human things. persona. Okay, like, yeah, <laughs> y- yeah. I I know she's supposed to be all flirty and everything, but holy crap, was it thick! Also, then the monster. It's like this is not at all what I thought that the evil version of you. Would be. <laughs> I think that's. I don't know. I, I thought that was pretty funny. Like even this time around. Oh yeah, no, that, that was great. He's like, how bad could it be? And he turns out he's like, oh, that's. 
Yeah, I mean, I also thought it was kind of funny. So I, I looked up, Dyrus is also voiced by Grady Lyle. So when her and Kimiko are talking, that's Grady Lyle talking to herself. So that's, I found that really interesting. Um, uh, and I don't know, it's just, it was kind of funny, at least for then Kimiko to start doing what Dyrus was doing to like Omi and stuff and making Omi do things for her. So I'm kind of surprised we didn't see more of that in future episodes. Right. I I don't know if, if Kimiko is just like, Oh, Dyrus was evil. So I probably shouldn't be doing that anymore. Yeah. I feel like she could have gotten away with a lot already. I mean, Omi has been like super smitten by her this whole show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's stuff to think about there. Um, do we have anything else to say on Dyrus? I'm good. Kearney? Uh, cool monster design. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, um, alright, let's talk about Clofang. Like I said, I just feel like he felt really out of place. I mean, it's literally like if they made Hagrid look as evil and as possible. Um, it's like if Hagrid was as yoked as possible, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I had no way yeah i mean it, it was just so odd because i i just feel like i don't know it just i didn't i don't know where to place like what i think about the design of of clofine as a character because it's just like I, I i don't know what to say on that so uh your guys thoughts on clofine i mean i don't really have thoughts he served a purpose for the plot <laughs> and like that's all he did yeah <laughs> I, I just feel so neutral on the character. I neither like nor dislike him. Mm-hmm. Kearney? Uh, I really, I mean, I'm well aware this is just a device, a plot device for this one episode, right? Mm-hmm. That being said, I really dug his design. I thought it was kind of funny how he has this, like, deadly serious tone and, like, no one else in the show is really that intense about it. Like, some of the villains get there, but I don't know. It was funny watching him team up with the, the Warriors and... Yeah, I just thought his, like, character design was sick. That's uh, fair. Yeah. yeah. I also love how Jack was was immediately trying to, like, fanboy over him, and then he figured out he was actually a good guy, and Jack's just like, I need time by myself. <laughs> Jack yeah. just needs someone to be a fan of. He yeah. Someone to take charge that he can idolize, and he'll be content with his life. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes to the fact that Jack is so neglected but neglected by his actual family that he really needs that someone to look up to. So um you definitely see a shrink. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, and then we have uh the gills of Hamachi, which I thought I think is an interesting woo, the fact that it turns you into an amphibious fish. Um I I like how they actually change like like Omi's design, for example to make him look like a f- amphibious fish. Like, I thought that was really cool, so. Yeah, I really liked Omi's design when using it. <laughs> I I want to see it come back. It didn't in the next three episodes, but. I, I believe. It's situational, I feel like. Yeah. True. Yeah, I, I, th- I think the gills do come back, luckily, so. I'm sure they do, and I mean, I know this is talking ahead, but like. We got the uh, the monkey army, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll get a fish army later. <laughs> Kearney, any more thoughts on the gills of Hamachi? Uh, it's cool. 
I mean, like I said, I don't think this is going to be a main staple. Mm-hmm. But then again, the tongue aside thing keeps coming up, so you never know. Um, right. I especially like that part where Omi puts it on during the showdown and immediately starts suffocating because he's on dry land. <laughs> it reminds me of the first episode where he puts on the two-tongue tunic to win the foot race. And it's like, why did you do that? I, I mean, to be fair, in this case, he did it as sort of like a distraction so that uh, Dyrus wouldn't see him, uh, you know, tricking her at that point. I I think Which that's... super clever. Yeah. <laughs> so... I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, I, I believe that's what uh, what Omi was planning, but... Um, which is, yeah, it's, it's clever. It's just interesting that he just chose, okay, I'm going to pretend... I'm going to just try to suffocate myself so that... <laughs> Drop on the deck and flop like a fish real quick. <laughs> um, and then we have the Black Beetle, which just serves Dyrus's plans. Um, there's not really much for the Black Beetle, but... Yeah. Um, I bet that thing will look sweet when someone actually uses it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like that's with some of the woo that, like, you're like, if only I can see this get used, and it'll look cool, but... <laughs> um, Alright, let's get to the funnies. Um, has the opening of the episode, Jack being like, I asked for knife-throwing lessons, my mom sends me to figure skating. You never know when it'll come in handy. Uh, now I feel bad for turning uh, her ju- her juicer into a robot. <laughs> okay, his figure skating was so good, though. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he I think it was has, Ray like, Bruno. Body no, it was Clay, who was, like, um, yeah. called out the moves. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I'm just saying he has, like, very long, graceful limbs. He would be a great figure skater, I'm sure. <laughs> it's... I don't doubt that. Yeah, it's great to see Jack excel in something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Um, and then uh, when he loses, the, still loses the showdown, uh, Jack's like, I communicate with my feet. And Wuya's like, if I had feet, I'd communicate all over you. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, so um, any other funnies for you guys from this episode? Is... Remind me which episode this was. What was the main plot piece? The mermaid episode. Oh, still the mermaid episode. Yeah. Okay, I thought we were talking about the next one. I was like, wow, the figure skating seems so long ago. Because I watched <laughs> this one uh, last week. Okay. In preparation for doing the podcast last week. And then I watched the other three episodes like yesterday and today. Right, right. So there's a big gap. <laughs> um, anyway, no, I'm good. Yeah, Kearney, you got any more funnies for episode 29? Um, just the one where Clay says, like, there's one this, uh, this chunk of episodes where he's, like, smellier than, like, a skunk, a bunch of skunks having, oh my god, at a bead dinner. I, I totally butchered that. Yeah, I you can't, about? <laughs> yeah, I can't, I know the quote, I can't remember which episode it was in, to be honest. Might have been this good. one. Yeah, I don't know. I also don't know the quote, so... Yeah, so... Um, that was... That was good, so... Um... Alright, uh... I, if, uh... We're ready to move on to episode 30? Mm-hmm. So... 
uh, episode 30, which was the return of Panda Bubba, which totally spoils that Panda Bubba is back. Um, <laughs> I texted Jake when I started, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what this episode's about. <laughs> but I, this might be my favorite episode this week, the humor, and I feel like the story arc for, for Kimiko was like, that was all on point in this episode. Um, and we'll talk about the showdown, which might be one of the best in the whole show. So, um, I really enjoyed this episode on a rewatch, uh, for all those reasons, so. Some of the faces in this episode were just perfect. (laughs) Like, Omi's face when Raimundo says that, um, Kimiko is his best friend, and he says, I thought I was your best friend. Uh, Jake also pointed out when he... Uh, was a zombie and was fighting or no when Raimundo was a zombie fighting Omi and then Omi's just laughing the whole time it was so good it just was like so felt so random but it just fit so yeah it very much felt like just the, I felt the camaraderie between them in that moment mm-hmm. <laughs> Kearney your, your thoughts on episode 30 probably my favorite out of the bunch mm-hmm. really solid I liked uh, the showdown, as we'll get into, and then, I don't know, like, the whole part with Kimiko's arc, like, there's a very, like, real display of her emotion mm-hmm. towards her, like, father at one point, and I was like, oh, shit, it's probably the most, like, real the show's ever gotten. Right, and I, I feel yeah. like, feel like even though it's small, you get that moment of the other monks supporting her in that situation, and I think that's yeah. great. It's also nice to see Kimiko express something other than anger. Right. Because that's, like, what we always see her having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed everything that this episode had. Um, let's talk about uh, Panda Bubba being back. Uh, and I feel like we got even more of Panda Bubba's, like, personality. I mean, we even got an evil lap from Panda Bubba, which... Uh, I want to point out that Jack Spicer also imitates Panda Bubba's laugh throughout, and it's... Yes, he does. It's great, honestly, because they know how over-the-top the the laugh is, and then they're just... They just have Jack imitate it, because he's, again, looking for approval and (laughs) trying to idolize someone else, so... Was Panda Bubba this over-the-top last time? Because I was, like... No. Watching it, like, okay, so it wasn't just me. No, I, I, I'm... He was not this over-the-top before. <laughs> I honestly enjoy it, though, because I feel like Kevin Michael Richardson got to go more all-out in this episode, which I enjoyed. Very much. Um, but uh, anything more on Panda Bubba? What a good I got ball. nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's cool also because I feel like we can get more of his, like, motivation of being, like, okay, well, now I'm going to use this multi-million dollar company to, like, advance my goals and keep taking over, you know, Asia, and, uh, I mean, I'm sure that would extend at some point if you can, because, like, if he's taking over this multi-million dollar company, that's going to extend internationally eventually. Right. So. Capitalism. <laughs> it's the real one. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about Kimiko's dad. Um, I enjoyed, again, we got to see, I mean, again, we got, we've seen Clay's family and now we're seeing Kimiko's family. And I thought that was, uh, it was really cool to get that 
relationship. Um, you even have him speaking a little... Well, I mean, he just basically says hello with Konnichiwa, but, like, even saying Japanese uh, to Kimiko is, is really, really cool, too, so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he was, like, a really sweet character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the vibes were immaculate. Yeah. I, it, I liked how, uh, how, like, kind he was to her friends. Yeah. Um, also, the fact that he says that Kimiko's told him so much about them um, just, again, shows, like, the things that are happening off-screen. I know Kimiko's always on her phone. Right. But, like, it kind of... The fact that they have that relationship, just some of the ways that they show how close they are in subtle ways like that, too. Even being at the Shaolin Tempo, she's still talking to her dad a lot. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that. So, um, Kearney, anything else on Kimiko's dad? He looks good in an apron. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, I even like how, um, you know, he, he figures out that he's been duped by Panda Baba and then tries to confront him. I thought that was neat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I I enjoyed that. Um, we also have the Unibots, or U-Bots. Um, those do come back, I will say that. Not gonna say when, but they do come back. Um, and it's cool that uh, Kimiko's dad just has these little robots that can turn into smaller versions of the monks. I thought that was kind of cool. So the uh, those bots were cute, and I liked them a lot. <laughs> I thought they were going to be really annoying at first, but they actually were like pretty a useful and b just kind of nice to have around. I I thought that was a good addition to the episode, and I'm glad they'll be back at some point. Yeah, I, I think they could be on their own side quest this whole time. <laughs> yeah, and um, the Shaolin Showdown video game, they're a boss battle, and you can unlock them as skins for the monks in that game as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, all right, and then we oh we ought to talk about the uh, Zinzon Bone, of course, and the Showdown, but uh, Zinzon Bone, I is one of my favorite Shangon Boo, To be honest, I think it's just really cool to have something that's honestly kind of evil because you're just turning people into zombies and so i thought that i i think it's a really really cool shangon woo so agreed but it very much uh fit in with the theme of this episode Mm -hmm. yes for sure um and let's talk about the goo zombies showdown we've I mean, I feel like this fit also because, like, we through the show, we've been building up with goo zombies, talking about goo zombies, making jokes about goo zombies, and then it culminates in this goo zombies showdown, and this is definitely one of the most unique and best showdowns in the whole show. I liked that it was goo zombies 4, too, <laughs> because uh, I think goo zombies 3 is the last one that they played. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which also makes me wonder if that's actually in development. <laughs> um, I want to see Master Fun do this challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do as well. So good at it. <laughs> VR. Yeah, I, I feel like Master Fun would like get a perfect score. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and I feel like um, there's just some really cool stuff. 
I mean, I think the design of even, like, the final monster at the end is really, really cool, so. Yeah, this felt like, I don't know, it, it felt like people that played video games designed it. <laughs> there's actually, like, oh, like, the characters changed and there were different levels and there's a huge, like, ugly boss at the end. Like, yeah, this is, obviously it doesn't look like an actual game, but it seems very inspired. And that was just cool to see. Yeah. At first, when it was all skeletons, I was thinking, this isn't zombies. But then they got to the second level, and it was. And I was like, okay, okay. Now we're, <laughs> yeah. now we're good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just really enjoyable. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the funnies. Um, we already talked about two of them. Well, technically three. Uh, the only other one that I had noticed, uh, I'm sure there's more, but this is the first real dirty joke that I can remember. Kimiko was like, I had to beg my dad to buy me clothes, and Omi's like, you didn't wear clothes? And it's just like, Omi, you yeah, don't... Or naked. <laughs> yeah, Omi a little obvious there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is obvious, like, it, I don't know, I feel, I just find it funny that when they, this show does dirty jokes, they just, it's very apparent. Right. <laughs> so, um, and then there's, we'll talk about the other one at the, uh, at, in two episodes. Um, and the other- I got one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when Jack Spicer's revealing his plan to steal the, the Shangong Wu. And it, like, cuts to that robot dressed like a zombie for some reason, and he's, like, and then he quietly snuck away undetected, and he, like, trips over something, gets up, falls down again, gets up and, like, runs through a wall. <laughs> that was the funniest part to me. Uh, also, I think Jack Spicer says to Ouya, um, he's, like, uh, I'm an artiste, uh, we suffer for our art. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Spicer really is the glue holding the show together. Absolutely. I, I It'd be so weird without Jack Spicer. Also, I think Panda Bubba calls him a boob at one point. Yes, he does call him an incompetent boob. Okay, that wasn't <laughs> I guess that used to be a thing you would say more as like an insult, but it just it's weird in 2022 hearing that. Also, yeah. in a kid's show, to call someone a boob, I just... <laughs> <laughs> But it's good. Um, any other funnies from this episode? Alright. Uh, episode 31, then. The Last Temptation of Raimundo. I think it's a good for Raimundo. Um, uh, for his arc. I know, Kearney, you, you'll talk about some issues that you had. But I don't know. I, I feel like it was good for Raimundo in a way. Um, and I also think this is really the episode. It not only is a cool concept, but I think this is the episode where Raimundo gains, regains the trust of the other monks. Like, I think that's where um, anything that he's lost, because they don't believe him when he tells them what happened uh, and why he uh, used the Shanganru when he wasn't supposed to. And then, um, and then they find out that he was telling the truth, and then they're like, we made a mistake. Yeah, it was an alright episode. Um, I just, again, this feels kind of like a tired story arc. I know that they, this is the resolution to Raimundo's um, lack of trust that he has with the rest of them. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I get it, yeah. Yeah. So, Kearney, your thoughts? I You definitely have had some issues that you brought up before we started recording. Yeah, um, 
This is definitely like my least favorite of the four we saw this week. Mm-hmm. And I guess the big reason for me is that it felt just the pacing was really off. It felt so rushed. And I mean, I get they're trying to do a lot and they only have 22 minutes or whatever to do it. And I can empathize with that. But I don't know. I just I just feel like they, they, had, they had decent concepts to start with and they kind of like fucked it up in execution by making it feel so like not frantic that'd be more of a compliment um i don't know it just the plot flew by so fast and nothing like really stuck with me i kind of wish they would have like combined this with the next episode in terms of the concepts and had it just be like some sort of two-parter mm-hmm. we could have felt ramundo's whole arc breathe a bit better i would have liked that a lot more right i can see that yeah i i think it was like I don't know, there, like, it, definitely there were parts where it was, like, I, I feel like certain parts should have been in different spots, almost. Like, I just feel like it kind of had awkward cuts, I will agree with that. Um, or, like, yeah, things where they should, they should be in different places in the episode, almost, but I don't know. Yeah. I think, um, the best part to me was, like, the beginning, or in the beginning where, um, Somehow they like I, it was so weird how it happened because it looked like they launched the comet into a volcano, but the comet was still in the sky afterwards. So I don't know what <laughs> that's all about. Yeah. Um, but like watching him react to his like hometown being destroyed, it's like you really feel for the guy, and like that that was the part that like hooked me, and then the rest dips and by so fast, and nothing like feels real. I don't know how to phrase that better. Yeah, absolutely. There was that was a really good moment for Raimundo's overall arc. Like just I think unfortunately I think that's the closest we get to kind of Raimundo's family per se is like he, when he sees his hometown almost get destroyed. So I which is unfortunate, but like and I wish that the episode rest of the episode probably could have been better. Um but yeah, yeah I, I thought it was a really good moment, so um Sorry, it, you were, were you gonna go or? Oh, okay, I guess what I wanted to add on to that is like, they just have like the worst excuse. This shows the problem of like coming up with the worst excuses for people like creating problems. So they're told not to use the Shangong Wu. He doesn't elaborate on it as much as he should for why. And then when there's trouble, he can't wake the other monks up. Like really, they couldn't get Dojo to fly him there. Like that's exactly how they would solve every other problem in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, it, frustrating to see that kind of thing like over and over in episodes and i, I get know. that and that's not the first time not being able to wake someone up has been <laughs> an issue yeah those also why not go try to wake master fung if you can't wake up the the other shallow monks yeah or dojo even even if it was just him i feel like at first when he the shangam Wu were like gathering on raymundo uh, I thought that it was a repeat of Mala Mala Jong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that is almost a problem with the design of the character that's being built here. Um, because if they were going to go that direction, cool. That looks right for it. But since they're not, maybe make an allusion to it without like making it feel like that's what's happening. Um, that I mean, that might just be my own personal preference. but Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was also just freakish, the transformation. I mean, every time a Wu attached itself, Ramundo just got bigger and more freakish. 
but his head stayed so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like the Joker at the end of Ark of Asylum. Or really, any of the Titan. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Also, uh, maybe like Kingpin and Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> <laughs> shoulders no neck. dude it wasn't even that extreme though <laughs> that's still like the most extreme version of that character that's ever existed yeah the one the kingpin that's too that's uh so thick that he's that he can't fit or that he can barely fit through the double doors right like just i don't know that 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 to me is still yeah like you guys said it's the most comically extreme uh version of that but I don't know, it was just like, I don't know, it was weird, and then they kind of, they did the thing where Wuya had this, all of a sudden had this plan to use the wooed up Raymundo to kind of now do some more world destruction, so I will agree that it felt kind of rushed and tacked on at the end of Wuya all of a sudden be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna use Raymundo here to do this now, so. It's like, in, sorry, go ahead, no please. Um, this was a total different direction, but was this the one where at the end Jack's all like, my house! (laughs) That was funny, to be honest, because it's just like, everything in Jack's house just is destroyed, and I I love that, honestly. Yeah, just his house becomes the Shaolin showdown. (laughs) Again, Jack is... Yeah. I was gonna say, like, great addition, by the way, that was... That was a great moment in this episode. <laughs> it makes sense for Wuya to like want this to happen because the f- whole like first season, you know, she's trying to get a body again, and like obviously, I don't know why they haven't like touched on that more in this show. So right. it totally makes sense to me, like why. But yeah, it's more like concept execution over concept that I have the issue with. Um, right. Yeah. So this, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to go a different direction again, but you first. You're all good. Okay, fine. Um, a couple other funnies. Uh, Jack saying, uh, would you be a he or a she? I yeah. I want to get the pronouns straight. That was just a So great... ahead of its time. Yeah, Jack, Jack, is a, Jack was doing stuff ahead of his time, uh, 20 years in the making. <laughs> yep. And then I totally had another one that I've forgotten now. So if I think of it again, I'll bring it up. Yeah, no worries. Um, I think the other one for me, the other funny is, uh, Omi's like, when he's talking about Rimoto, he's like, yeah, I mean, uh, Rimoto is hideous, but Dojo is hideous. And we look past that and Dojo's just like, ouch, an innocent dragon caught in the crossfire. I think it really well. Yeah. (laughs) So, any other funnies? Yeah, uh, just again, I I love the shtick of Dojo checking the book on the rules for the the Shaolin yeah. showdown. Whenever they bring up something new, mm-hmm. yeah, I I can totally agree. Um, also, the cosmic showdown, at least like the like that showdown and everything was actually also kind of a cool concept. So, but yeah, like Kearney said, execution. Kearney, you're, any other funnies for you? Um, is this the episode where, like, the bad guys show up to the temple and they, like, cleave one of the buildings in half with a giant laser? I think that was the mermaid episode. Damn. <laughs> Which is weird, <laughs> but... Like, where did that come from? I just think that the destruction on the temple is always funny, but that was the most, like, what? They yeah. do that? <laughs> anyway. So, okay. Um, 
I think that's it for episode 31. And, like, and yeah, it is cool to just see that they've regained trust in Raimundo now. Again. All right, uh, episode 32, uh, Year of the Green Monkey. So this actually progressed the plot. I feel like... I feel like this had a couple of problems as well, but I'm glad that it finally went back to Chase Young, and at the very least, every like what happened in this episode fit into Chase's plan for what he wants to accomplish, and we actually know what that plan is now. So, yeah, it's about time that we get back to Chase Young mm-hmm. because we've just had so much filler for a while now, mm-hmm. um, and I just feel like they haven't known what to do with the show i do take a little bit of issue with the fact of like all the progress that they've made because it doesn't feel very tangible the progress that they've made Mm -hmm. since they last fought chase young maybe in terms of character development a little bit but actually in power i just don't see what chase young is saying yeah the like um Oh, like basically, where he's saying like it, they've made a lot of progress, and you, 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 you're saying you don't feel like they actually have. Yeah, I just don't see the progress. Mm-hmm. I, I always did find it interesting where like with this show where it does feel like you know the monks will be able to just completely destroy some opponents, and then other times, um, then they'll just get their ass kicked, and it's kind of like. I don't know, that, that's a bit interesting to go back and forth, and I understand, like, you want to actually have the villains pose a threat to the heroes in some way, but, like, I don't know. I just find that interesting, because I feel like, I feel like it shouldn't be that back and forth at this point. I feel like they tried to open the episode with, like, a win to illustrate that, but this series in general has kind of an issue of, like, trying to show progress externally by, like, oh, we changed their outfits or they have this pose now. And some mm-hmm. of that stuff does track, um, but at the same time, like it's pretty whether they win or lose is pretty much just to serve like the plot of an episode that doesn't have a bearing on the story as a whole, which mm-hmm. is fine. Not every episode needs to like advance the plot if it's just not that kind of show. Um, but you really feel it at this point in the series, I think. Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, maybe it's just also been like we've been talking about like a couple weeks here on the podcast without much actually happening and then it's kind of like the end of this week all of a sudden stuff starts happening again and it's so i i get it um i I did want to talk more about like chase young's plan like he's obviously using jack and these monkeys to really cause a distraction for the monks to not find the secret to defeating evil with the eagle scope and um with the fountain of we and i feel like it it was an interesting plan and then i was like okay why because i even forgot like what exactly chase was wanting to do this like year of the green monkey for at first and then when it got to the end of the episode i'm like oh okay so he's he was doing this as a distraction the whole time yeah and i i kind of felt like that was it uh i'm pulling a couple things from what you just said um, but, like, why were the monkeys green? I get that's the title. Yeah. Like, it's Year of the Green Monkey. Why are they green? <laughs> you know? Um, Jack, like, going full-on monkey with the monkey staff, I do like that development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's, that's his Shangon move. Right. Um, oh, gosh. 
Oh, I did like the Shangan Wu being presented as sister Shangan Wu mm-hmm. this time instead of when we had uh, that spider scorpion spirit thing. I can't remember. It's the name. mosaic scale and the monarch wins. Yeah, because it was just like you put these two together and they then they can be used in this way. Well, why? Mm-hmm. At least I have like even the briefest explanation of these two Shangan Wu are only used together, right? Right. So a little bit different. I liked that a little better, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it was cool, the fact, like, if you only use a Fountain of Wii, as we see, Omi gets just a bunch of random knowledge dumped into his head, so... Right. <laughs> so, uh, Kearney, y- your thoughts on Chase Young's plan here? Yeah, um, it made sense. I didn't want to give the impression that I didn't like this episode. I just, I, I had a bit of that same pacing issue. Mm-hmm. But I, I really hope, I'll feel a lot, like, better about this whole thing with the sister Shang Gong Wu, if it comes up again later otherwise it feels like just a weird plot device for something that should be a lot more significant mm-hmm. um i don't know it worked i really liked seeing jack lose his mind to the monkey <laughs> staff and especially because chase young was like this is also the most dangerous time to use it and jack like right over his head <laughs> like, oh sweet sign me up and then <laughs> i don't know yeah, I mean, and we hear that Chase is like, okay, well, my plan is basically uh, I want Omi to join my side. And it's just like, this is the first time now we're hearing of this. Obviously, at this point, I mean, if they're going to turn another one of the monks to the evil side, it would be Omi, because obviously we've already seen that with Raymundos, and Clay and Kimiko wouldn't seem like the ones that Chase would want to go for, so... Well, we've seen Clay evil, too. Oh, yeah, Sabini, right. But not of his own free will. True. Um, This does make me wonder if when Omi saw the future where he was evil because of the reversing mirror, like, maybe that was almost prophetic, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see in in the next few weeks. Um, But, uh, yeah, um... Anything else on the Fountain of Wii and the Eagle Scope? I mean, we kind of touched on them, but... They're kind of broken, <laughs> if you get them together. Yeah. yeah. The fact that you can get, like, the specific knowledge for what you need. And I, I absolutely get why Chase would want to just get this Eagle Scope so that he... You know, obviously that he... Everything he's built doesn't crumble, so... I like when... um Omi uses the fountain of Wii, and it's like a montage of like real world pictures. <laughs> no, sometimes cartoons do that, and it's like kind of funny. I have to wonder if some of the people in them are like people who worked on the show or something like that. It probably would be. Oh, so the fountain of Wii, so it's named after the creator of the show, Christy Wii. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I I did I did read that, and so I, that's pretty amazing. So. Yeah. Get it in there. Yeah. Um, all right, and I think, um, we can hit the funnies. I mean, I think the other dirty joke is Omi's like, I'm gonna scratch the place where I, uh, I'm not, I should not scratch, and scratches his- Where I've never scratched before, which is a weird concept to me. (laughs) Yeah, so, and obviously we know where that place is, um- Do we, because I, I have not a clue what he's getting at. Okay, well, uh- (laughs) Honestly, what I'm picturing and by the faces that they're making at the end of the episode is that Omi is just digging so far up his ass to scratch. I honestly... 
like not something that's even human. Sorry, go ahead, Jake. Oh, God. I mean, I I thought it was the other one where he was scratching his front, but I don't I don't know. It either way, it was something disgusting that everybody <laughs> doesn't want to see. So, um. All right, and then uh, obviously uh, Jack fanboying over Chase again, being like he's touching my hand. <laughs> um, Jack doing the monkey with the robot and Chasey on face palming is probably is pretty funny. Um, and then Dojo interested in the toenail tidbit when Omi's spouting off random facts, <laughs> and then being like Omi's lost his marbles, and then doing like the lip thing that you hear that uh, that cartoons do. So. Um, any 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 other funnies from this episode? Uh, I can't really remember any. Oh well, I got one. Uh, Jack was just eating whole ass bananas. Yeah, like, not peeling them or anything on that banana trail. I'm like, wow, that's not how monkeys eat bananas. <laughs> 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 really oh, the also the Trojan horse, the Trojan Jack with like him dressed in the banana. <laughs> like, that was Trojan God. banana. <laughs> Trojan horse within a Trojan horse. <laughs> that was pretty... Oh, they also have an alarm system as well now, but it didn't really make any difference. It never will. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... My um, favorite moment was um, when they're watching the monkeys from like inside the palace and like they're looking at Jack and someone's like, do you think Jack remembers being human? And Kimiko's like, I know I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which could either mean she doesn't remember being human, or she doesn't remember Jack being human. <laughs> Context dependent, for sure. I'm gonna hope that she means Jack being human, but... Um, yeah, and then, well, and then Omi and Jack uh, biting each other's asses, I feel like. <laughs> that would have worked on him before he was a monkey. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, well... <laughs> We have this now. <laughs> if someone bit me on the ass like that, I mean, and just like unhinged this huge jaw before I don't think I'd be right afterwards, that would 100% work on me. Yeah. I would not be expecting it, that's for sure. <laughs> Alright, uh, predictions for next week. I, I will say, like, next week there's, like, maybe, there's one episode at least, I think, the first one of next week's batch that's filler kinda and then like the next three episodes next week i believe all have to do with progressing the plot so yeah i definitely think we're we're gonna see some more chase young they finally brought him back so i think they're gonna develop that a little more in the next few episodes mm -hmm. i do like seeing chase young and wuya together um so i'm hoping we'll see more of that mm -hmm. in the next few Absolutely, yeah. That that was a cool little thing that they showed at the end there, and I I think from what I remember, I think Wuya completely ditches Jack for Chase at this point. So that makes sense for her character. Yeah, for sure. Kearney, your predictions? Um, the Shaolin Temple will get raided again at some point. <laughs> and that's all I know. That's a safe bet, honestly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited, I think, for next week. I think there's going to be some fun surprises. Uh, some, I think a couple other characters are going to show back up that we've seen previously. So, from my, from my memory. 
Um, won't say, won't spoil who, but um, I think the episode titles for next week might spoil some I, of them. I saw the thumbnail for like the next episode, and I was like, oh great, this guy is like, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, so, um, alright, I think that's it for this. We can move on to our nerdy news. We got quite a bit. Um, biggest nerdy news I think that we got to talk about. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have been revealed uh, with the starter choices. We got uh, Spregatito, the grass cat that I thought was a fox till I took a good look at it. Um, I still uh, think it's a fox, but okay. Uh, <laughs> um, we... The, I can't remember the fire starter's name. Quay-co-co. It was like Quacoco. 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 Okay. Uh, that's like a fire dinosaur crocodile thing. And then we have uh, Quaxley, the water duck that looks like Donald Duck. Looks <laughs> like Donald Trump with blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we already had Young Goose and Gumshoes in Gen 7 that were literally Donald Trump. <laughs> so. Um. <laughs> But what do you guys think? I believe this, this region also looks to be set in Spain from what I've been seeing with speculation and whatnot, which seems uh, like that's what it's going to uh, be. So I'm excited for Gen 9 to be here. Um, I I just, I don't know what like the new gimmick is going to be. So I'm a little nervous on like what new gimmick they're going to go with. And because like, obviously we've known for like, since like gen six that they pick a gimmick and then they don't stick with it. I would like to see, um, more like in the direction of legends Arceus. Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll get that because legends is its own series. Right. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see something to the effect of the wild area return. Uh, I don't know that we'll get Dynamaxing again, but they explained that in Sword and Shield that that was like a Galar region specific thing. So that I won't be upset about. That's fair. Yeah, I guess like I don't know. I'm I'm like I guess maybe the thing was like I didn't like Z moves that much anyways, and then it was kind of like Mega Evolutions was like the one that I was like. I kind of wish they sort of kept this going, but yeah. Well, Mega Evolution 2 was a huge game-changing mechanic. Right. Um, Dynamaxing is too. Z-moves just not as much because it's only one really powerful move per battle. Right. And I feel like that's a little less so, but yeah. No, I I don't know. Yeah. Kearney, any thoughts on uh, Pokemon Gen 9? Yeah, I... Well, no, not really. I saw that there was a trailer. I haven't watched it yet. I've just now seen the starters, and I'm like, all right, I'm probably going to not. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pro crushed my soul, so I'm done with the series for Ooh. a while. <laughs> Listen, like, Legends Arceus is actually good. It's a different concept, but I totally get because Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were not good, in my opinion, so... Yeah, not that I've played them, by the way. I've just like looked at the games long enough to be like, I just they should have done this different, and yep. I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's every Pokemon fan that I I don't I haven't heard anybody that's actually liked BDSP. So <laughs> I I there's probably are people, but like I from what I've been watch the you Pokemon YouTubers I watch and stuff, nobody has really liked it. So. Um, yeah. Other news, uh, Batman got released on Friday. None of us have seen it yet. 
we will hopefully <laughs> yeah i'm excited yeah i i think from what i've heard i've heard nothing but good things so i i Dang. think uh i i think uh they went in a good direction and dc has been finally getting their shit together for the past few years so for the most part this movie's been in production for like i remember when um like Suicide Squad came out the first one, I kept hearing that there was gonna be a new Batman movie with someone else besides Ben Affleck playing Batman. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like I definitely remember it's been in production. I think for like five years, from what I've heard. But I think originally, I I remember like Robert Pattinson being revealed was like quite a few like a few years ago for sure. There were a lot of jokes too about Robert Pattinson and Twilight being a vampire turning into a bat, all that kind of stuff. But you know, in some of his more well-received roles, I've really liked him as an actor. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see him take on this role. He's, yeah, he's legit, man. He's a good actor, and I don't. I think I'm pretty sure Robert Pattinson even himself hated Twilight. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think, um, I definitely think that this will be good, um, and from what I've heard, the, the Riddler is really good, Paul Dano, I believe, is the actor's name playing the Riddler, so I've heard he's good, Colin Farrell's playing the Penguin, and then you've got Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, so, um, so I'm excited to see it, um, still waiting on moon Knight at the end of the month um stranger things season four release dates got revealed i don't know if we got to talk about that um we probably oh, what is the release date uh i believe it's being split up in like two halves of season four i believe so like one of them is coming out like the end of may and the other one is coming out at the beginning of july i think okay i'm kind of tired of the season split in half release but eh. oh yeah. well yeah i haven't seen that in a while with a lot of things i don't think but i'd um yeah so it was a bit jarring to be like oh they're splitting this in two instead of just dropping the entire season at once but oh well um i i'm excited i've enjoyed the three seasons i know there's people that didn't i mean i feel like the first season is still like the best that has happened from stranger things when it was like when it first came out but like i i didn't i didn't see as many i didn't see as many problems like i still enjoyed the second and third seasons so yeah i liked two and three uh i think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast before i just hope that there's more of a different plot line this time but we'll see yeah i mean i think um i don't know i i i mean i feel like there's more to explore now i mean i feel like the end of season three we got that really emotional like send off well we know it wasn't a send off because hopper's back but like it was like a really emotional moment for like l and like with hopper and stuff so i thought that was pretty well done at the end of it so um uh and other other news now that we're talking about netflix uh the marvel netflix shows are off of netflix and they're moving to Disney. Like they're, I, I don't think they're on Disney yet. I don't know that. The sixteenth, sure. I believe. Yeah, but they're definitely off of Netflix because I looked for them and couldn't find them. I need to sit down and actually watch like Daredevil. I I want to watch the whole thing now, especially with Charlie Cox showing up in No Way Home and then Vincent D'Onofrio showing up in Hawkeye as Kingpin. Um, 
And, I mean, at, at the very least, I definitely want to watch through all of Daredevil, and then we'll see what happens with the rest of the Defenders moving forward in the MCU. I'm upset that they're leaving Netflix, but uh, it's a really good move on Disney's part, I think, to bring it over right after No Way Home. Mm-hmm. And having Daredevil be revealed there. And Hawkeye, yeah. And Hawkeye with Kingpin, yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. So, Kearney, any, any thoughts on that? Um, I'm glad it's all going to be in one place, finally. I haven't really watched Daredevil, but the people I know who have seen it are, like, saying it's top-tier Marvel content better than, like, people that don't, like, enjoy a lot of the movies said it was really good, so. Yeah. I need it's... to do it. It is good. It is my favorite Marvel thing Damn. that I've ever watched. Yeah, J- JJ JJ is a huge Daredevil, Matt Murdock fan. So yes, <laughs> I was so bummed that he wasn't in more of Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a thing. I think he tweeted about it. Charlie Cox saying how he was excited to hear the uh, the theater <laughs> reaction to his appearance on the screen. But the theater was silent. So sad. I I, I know um because I know when Yumi and Gabe went JJ that like I think we were probably three of the people that maybe knew who who it was and there were maybe a couple other people who recognized him. But I I definitely think a lot of the people that were in there maybe didn't know who it was. So right. <laughs> so um, but yeah, I mean. And I, I wonder if uh, how many people actually recognized uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Hawkeye when he showed up, so. Um, but, I don't know. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm i gonna hope that the end of Hawkeye, I'm hoping that the Kingpin is still alive after the end of Hawkeye. I, I think they're probably going a route from the comics, but. Um, yeah, I would assume that he is. I mean... If they're going to kill P- Kingpin, they're not going to do it off-screen, I really think. But Also, they wouldn't have had Vincent D'Onofrio sign up for doing that. <laughs> right. So, um, alright. Um, and then uh, Survivor 42 is on this Wednesday, and also... I posted on Facebook a little rant that JJ definitely saw, um, <laughs> that NBC is coming out with a ripoff of Survivor uh that is putting on 100 people on an island to do basically survivor but not survivor but i i i just think it, that's going to flop extremely hard cuz i just think i i think if you're going to touch survivor's format and then do something like 100 people i mean the show sometimes can barely even show 20 to 24 people so, I, I just don't know how they're going to show a hundred different people uh, playing, so. Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough, but it also sounds like the same concept, because they're going to an island. And building alliances and relationships, and so, I, yep. I just think, I think I wouldn't be surprised if CBS, like, honestly sues at some point because it's it's literally a ripoff and also then i saw people on twitter being like oh it's a ripoff of total drama island it's like what what do you think what do you think total drama island came from (laughs) like what hilarious 
Like, I don't know, I just laugh at Twitter casuals who don't know what the heck they're talking about. So, I don't know, that came off super condescending to people listening who are Twitter casuals, but... (laughs) I had to rant. Um, Alright, any other news, or are we good to end this off? I don't think I have anything. (laughs) Can't use the eShop in Russia right now. (laughs) Oof. That's a real fact. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, we haven't ended off with our favorite quotes from the from each week in a few weeks. So, I mean, we can sign off with that if you guys want. I don't have a quote. <laughs> oh, man, it's definitely the one about communicating all over your body. <laughs> That's good. Um... You know what? I'm. Uh, you know, I, I asked for knife throwing. My mom sends me to figure skating because uh, she. You know, you never know when it's going to come in handy. And now I feel bad about turning uh, her juicer into a robot. So, <laughs> oh boy. with that, uh, we're gonna sign off, and we'll see you guys next week for episodes 33 through 36 of Shallon Showdown on Tribe of Nerds. Thank you.